0: Imagine a business built on what matters most to you, one inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello, my wise ones, and welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. My name is Lee Shay McDonough. I am your host and your guide on this extraordinary journey we call spiritual entrepreneurship. And I have such a special treat for you today. I am thrilled to share my interview with Dr. Elliot Adam of ElliotOracle.com. Elliot is a truly gifted oracle and tarot reader. I have had the pleasure of working with him Uh, for probably about six months now. And every time I have a reading with him, I come away inspired and with new wisdom, new knowledge about myself and my role in this world. So it is just with such excitement and true honor that I get to share him with you in today's interview. I cannot wait to hear what you think of it. So let me begin by introducing you to Dr. Elliot Adam, who began his professional tarot career at the age of 16. And then, when he was 20, he opened his own tarot shop, Athena's Oracle, in Milwaukee's historic East Side, where he attracted a large professional clientele. In 2005, he earned a full scholarship to attend university and study classical oboe. And while he was completing his graduate studies, he continued to serve his loyal clients over the next decade and a half. Elliot is also a lover of ancient Greek history, religion, and language. He studied ancient Greek language while earning his undergraduate degree and has many ancient poems and hymns memorized in their original Greek. After finishing his graduate studies, Elliot decided to return his attention to his spiritual business roots, the side of him that always loved tarot and its rich symbolism was calling him home. And so in 2017, he established his website, ElliotOracle.com. Since relaunching his business, Elliot has attracted a substantial international clientele including Hollywood scriptwriters, high-profile journalists, actors, doctors, professors, and entrepreneurs, including me. And truly, the success of ElliotOracle.com is rooted in his unique descriptions of traditional tarot symbolism as vehicles for personal empowerment. His daily card of the day blog has attracted a huge following and is currently among the first tarot definition search results on Google. I mean, that is some impressive SEO. He is currently completing his book based on his popular tarot interpretations, and he believes strongly in taking tarot out of the realm of fear and into a place of understanding and empowerment. And you are going to experience that firsthand during this episode's Make It Work moment. I cannot wait for you to learn more about it. So let's dive right into my interview with Dr. Elliot Adam of ElliotOracle.com. Hi, Elliot, and thank you so much for joining me today on the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast.
1: I am so excited to be here, Lee. Oh my God, this is so fun. And thank you so much for having me today.
0: It is absolutely my pleasure. You know, I've had the experience of conducting a a reading with you now twice, and both Mm -hmm. of those readings have just so profoundly influenced how I have moved forward this year in my business and Mm -hmm. in my personal life. You have such a gift. And so I I knew I was like, I have got to bring him on this show. So thank you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. This is just wonderful.
0: So, um, why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about your business and and how you earn your living?
1: All right. Well, my business is elliottoracle.com, and I offer tarot card readings. And tarot is a language of pictures, and they depict universal archetypes. And our inner self, our unconscious, our higher self, whatever you call it, It speaks in the language of myths and symbols. And as an oracle, when I lay out cards for a client, I begin to read the story laid out in front of me about their lives through the lens of symbolic. And when your situation is viewed through this lens, it creates safety and distance from your hopes and fears, and also to attachments you might have to a specific outcome. And a good tarot reading can give you perspective. And once your concerns are taken out of your head and placed on the table before you, It becomes rather easy to not only see what is uh, potentially blocking you and hindering your progress, but also where the energy seems to be flowing towards your success. And, um, you know, the ancient Egyptians, they had a mythic concept that I just find fascinating. They believed that if you knew the name of something, it would give you great power over it. And the true names of the Egyptian gods were kept top secret because the gods didn't want you to know their name, because once you knew their name, you could wield their power. And all of us, we have these amorphous feelings, these intuitions, uh, as we're going through our daily lives, they're influencing us from beneath the surface. And often, we don't know uh, what to do with that information or what to do with those sensations. We sense something, and we sense it wants to be heard from within, but we don't know what to call it. And our ancestors came up with a great solution for solving this problem, and that is symbolism. And that's what tarot is. It's just a collection of symbols. And it gives those amorphous feelings names. And then it places them in the context of like a mythic consciousness. And once you know the name of a feeling or the intuition you're getting, you have great power over it. And many times after reading a client, I'll say, thank you. You just told me exactly what I knew already. I just didn't know quite how to put that or how to act on that information. And when you're in agreement with your inner wisdom and in harmony with that you can really have the power to move mountains. And then also, um, I have a Gemini moon. And for people who don't know what that means, uh, it's a dual sign. And so I actually have two careers. So aside from the tarot practice, which I've been doing for about 23 years now, uh, I also play oboe in a symphony orchestra. And um, if I had my way, I'd do like 10 careers because I'm so interested in so many things. (laughs) But the universe is limiting me to two, I think. Well,
0: I um, am also a Gemini moon. I'm a Gemini sun and a Gemini
1: moon. Get out of town. I yes. love that.
0: And so it's probably not a surprise then that for me too, I started as a therapist, moved into coaching. It's that kind of duality mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that we see. So, um, and I have to say, I follow you on Instagram and I love seeing the pictures that you post when you are practicing or performing. Um, oh, the oboe. Yes. It's, it's so cool. Um, so, but let me, let me go back because you... Said so many fascinating things in your description yes. of your work that I want to follow up on. But sure. what what really struck me was the idea that when we name something, um, mm. we retain the the power over it. Yes, we we yes. empower ourselves. It's like a name it and claim it
1: kind yes. of strategy. Yes, name it and claim it exactly.
0: And and so for you, then tarot is really the tool by which you and the the person or people you're working with can do that. Is that yes. is that
1: okay? that is exactly true it it really does give a name to feelings and you know feelings they're hard to describe it's hard to describe you know uh how you're feeling if it's not just a uh, clear out sad or bad or mad uh sometimes we're just feeling uh anxious or uncomfortable mm-hmm. and sometimes that discomfort is a mask for something that's trying to change in our life and when we stop avoiding the discomfort and instead take time and listen to it and give it space and say, what are you trying to teach me, discomfort? And if you can name what that discomfort is, suddenly you see where the opportunity for the growth is.
0: Yes, absolutely. The other thing that you said that I wrote down because I thought, oh, what a beautiful way of describing this work is that tarot is a language of pictures. And so we're really pulling on the archetypes and the symbolism. And I wanted to ask you about that because I know... You usually use a a traditional deck, correct? Is it the Rider-Waite, is that?
1: Yes, I use the Rider-Waite mainly because I wrote a blog uh, which I wanted to describe tarot cards in a way that wasn't frightening for people because if you ask the average person on the street about tarot cards, oftentimes they're afraid or they don't get it or there's these dark images like the death card or things like that. And so when I created the blog, I wanted to describe a, a tarot deck that everybody knew. And the most famous deck is the Rider Waite Tarot. And it's also got some of the, uh, this darkest imagery in some ways. There's some bright imagery in there too, but it also puts you in touch with that shadow. And so I wanted to uh, work with a deck that other people could find easily accessible because there's really thousands of tarot decks out there.
0: Well, and, and first off, let me just plug your blog because it is amazing. The oh, amount, seriously, the amount of content that you have on there and the way that you describe the cards, both in their upright and their reverse positions um, is so powerful. Like I, I am begging you to write a book because I am I,
1: working on that, I good. am finishing it, and I just went to a tarot conference and I found a potential publisher. So that's <gasps> in the works. Yes. Oh, you
0: you just made my day because I would love yes. to have that as like like on my desk as a reference um, when I'm doing my own work. So oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Yes, um, yes. So we will all have to keep an eye out for when when your book is available.
1: I will make it really clear, and I will be loud about it. Awesome.
0: <laughs> um, but if I if I'm correct, you are also working on your own deck. Is that right? A, a goddess. Yes. Inspired
1: deck? Uh, Yes, it's actually it's a tarot deck based on ancient Greek myths, which have always been uh, such a source of inspiration for me since I was a kid. Uh, I've been working on this deck, however, for the past 22 years or so. And as uh, I'm a self-taught artist, so as I would go forward and and draw more, the art got better. And there's 78 cards, so by the time I got to the last 70s card, I would compare that art to the first. Uh, card, and then it was just you know light years ahead of it. So then i have to redo that. So I'm kind of in a hamster wheel where I keep redoing it, but I promise it will eventually get done.
0: Well, I can't wait. And so that <laughs> that brings me to my question. Since so much of the meaning of the card comes through the picture, we have the traditional meanings that are associated with the early decks. And yes. now when we have other decks, as you mentioned, there's thousands out there and you're creating your own. I'm curious... To what extent you want each card to represent kind of the traditional meaning behind it? And to what extent Mm. new meaning can be introduced in in your imagery?
1: I am a big proponent of uh, new meanings, new ways of interpreting things. I am not dogmatic about really anything. I Mm -hmm. find that uh, once you start getting dogmatic about symbolism, uh, then we're almost getting in a a hyper-conservative religious, you know, atmosphere. And I think that symbols are, are just something very free, and they speak to different people in different ways. So maybe a symbol that I'm interpreting, uh, you might look at that same picture and not walk away with the same feeling. And that's okay. Uh, the important thing, though, is that you are engaging with the symbol because that's giving a megaphone to your inner voice, which is trying to speak all the time.
0: Oh, I love that. You're basically, yeah, holding up the mic to your inner voice and it's speaking to you through the cards, through the images. You bet. That's fantastic. So I'm really curious because Work Your Inner Wisdom is a podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. What is your view of spiritual entrepreneurship? What does being a spiritual entrepreneur mean to you?
1: Well, uh, Lee, I loved your uh, definition for entrepreneur in one of your earlier podcast episodes. Um, I think you said, I'm paraphrasing, but I think you said an entrepreneur sees a need, and then they basically fulfill that need. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the work I do, people today are starving for authenticity and depth. Uh, So much of our media and culture distracts people from connecting within. And uh, so much of our lives are spent just merely skimming the surface of them. And so each of us just aches for depth and meaning and connection, not just with other people, but with our inner authentic self. And this is so much more significant than how many likes you got on an Instagram, uh, Instagram post. And so as a spiritual entrepreneur, I like to give voice to that quieter voice that's within. And there's such a relief and a sense of homecoming that occurs when that silent little inner voice can finally be heard loud and clear.
0: Yes, and oh my gosh, I'm I'm just nodding my head over here because that was absolutely my experience when we worked together. I found, Wonderful. Yeah, like it was just kind of, it wasn't necessarily telling me something I didn't already know. It was confirming exactly. it. Yeah, and, and helping me yeah. view it through a different lens.
1: Exactly. So it was that's, really kind of amplified. That's amplifying. what it should
0: do. Yes. Oh, excellent.
1: There's a lot of misconceptions about tarot readings. Uh, a lot of people think um, you have to be psychic in the sense of the word of. Uh, Reading someone's mind and Mm -hmm. that's definitely not what I do when I lay out cards I don't know anything about the person I'm reading for but I find that if I just trust the symbols And I just trust the narrative that's laid out in front of me. Uh, the words hit their mark every time And so, uh, yeah, that's that's just basically how that works And so
0: really then you become a conduit for the message is that Yes,
1: I you interviewed another guest. I cannot remember her name, but she was delightful and she said, you know, when I do my sessions, it's like it's not even me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yep, I was nodding my head. And I said, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I do. You know, when I was young and started this work, I was just a teenager and I would uh, read people and afterward they would just say, wow, that was so powerful. You have such a gift. Listen to it. And I think gift, I didn't do anything. I didn't, it didn't even feel like I was there. You know, I was just, mm-hmm. I was just speaking. I was just reading the book. Uh, but, but that's, that's kind of how that works.
0: Yeah. And I think that also speaks to the fact that we have really found our calling when we're able to do work that feels so natural. Uh, it it almost is like we take it for granted sometimes because it's just something we've always been able to do and other people look at it and it's like, wow, that's really extraordinary. So clearly you are, you have found your path and you are, you are following your calling with this.
1: Well, it's been a winding one. Um, uh, early on when I was a young tarot reader, I opened a business when I was very young and I would go to parties. And um, I was a, a high school dropout, I had kind of a traumatic childhood. And I would go to parties while I had the shop. And people would say, Well, what do you do? You know, uh, Stan is a dentist. And isn't that interesting. And I said, Oh, well, I have a tarot shop, I read tarot cards. And people would just say, Oh, that is really scary or weird, or mm-hmm. I don't believe in that stuff or whatever. And so I thought there was something wrong with being a tarot reader for many years. And i played the oboe and I uh, got a scholarship and I thought, you know, maybe if I become a oboist, then I'll finally be respectable or then I can finally, you know, say, oh, I play the oboe in an orchestra. Isn't that impressive? You know, and um, I think that, you know, after all my journey, after going through all the schooling and all of this sort of thing, it's so funny that I ended up where I started again because mm-hmm. this work does feel like it's in alignment with my path. It is my calling and I love doing it so much. But I I did have to own it, and it it took a little while to get there.
0: Well, and it sounds, too, that now that you've returned to it, there's a greater connection and respect for it, too, that almost you had to go through that journey in order to be able to show up to your deck and do the kind of work you're doing now.
1: You bet.
0: I'm really curious, then, because we've talked about how really you are a conduit for the reading, and, and it's kind of coming through you. Mm -hmm. But yet you're providing this lens, and I'm curious how your personal inner wisdom, how your intuition shows up and influences the work you do with your clients.
1: Oh, that is such a good uh, question. So um, let me think. Uh, I I I'll just respond to that by telling a little story. Um I was in graduate school a few years ago and I was um applying for a job, the the Ogle professor job that just opened up at this school uh that I was getting my doctoral degree at. And I thought this is the universe, it's a sign. Oh my god, this job opening's here. I'm graduating just the year the job openings there. I know everybody here, they all love me. I'm going to apply for this job. I'm going to be an obo professor and live happily ever after. And um, it ended up being that I didn't get this job. They didn't even uh, have me in for an interview because they wanted someone from the outside. And and I totally understand that. But at the time, I was just devastated. It had Mm -hmm. taken all the winds out of my sails. And I felt just lost. And so I was invited to go to Dublin, Ireland to play at the Royal Irish Academy of Music to play Mm -hmm. the oboe. But my self-confidence had been so depleted through this experience that I really felt almost like a fraud. I felt like I didn't belong. I I was really struggling with some shadow work Mm -hmm. at that time. And I remember getting out on stage and just having a complete panic attack. I was uh, feeling like everyone was watching me. I was really self-conscious. I was nervous. And I wasn't feeling confident. And I remember I also uh, attached to this uh, trip to Ireland, a trip to Greece afterward. And I got through the performance, and I don't even think anyone in the audience knew how scared I was, but I was terrified. And I remember uh, returning to Greece, and um, after this trip, I went right to Greece. And on the third day while I was in Greece, I went to Delphi. And for your listeners who might not know about Delphi, uh, that's where the ancient Oracle of Apollo used to do readings in ancient Greece. And people came from all over the world, and they consulted this Oracle for like over a 1,000 years. Uh, and it was like a a lineage of priestesses that did the oracle there. Uh, But the place of Delphi is just magical and beautiful. It's in the high mountains of Greece, and the view is beautiful, and the light just hits things differently there, and it just feels so beautiful. And I thought, this is where I needed to come to heal. And I remember... on the ancient temple of Apollo in the ancient world there was a sign that everybody knows this this phrase it's know thyself that used to hang above the temple. Mm-hmm. And I thought I don't really know myself anymore. I thought I've you know gone through this huge journey. I've tried to prove myself as an oboe player, I've tried to impress people in the orchestras and I feel like I've failed and I haven't found my mission. But I also knew that I wasn't honoring the whole me. And I remember standing in line to get a ticket to visit the ancient archaeological ruins. And there was a woman selling tickets. And she said, Welcome to Delphi. And she said, Who are you? And where are you from? And I thought, Oh, that's interesting. I have to ask, you know, know thyself, who am I? Mm -hmm. And I said, Well, uh, my name's Elliot, and I'm actually a tarot card reader. And I said, I brought my cards with me. And if you'd like, I'd love to give you the gift of a reading. It just feels like I need to do this for you. And she said, well, come on, you know, and she, you know, pulled me aside and got some girl to fill in for her while uh, she was collecting tickets. And we went up to the temple and I just started reading her cards and she started to cry. And she said, this is exactly the message I needed to hear today. So then after that, I went to this little shop in the town of Delphi. And I met this man and he said, how are you enjoying Delphi? Have you seen this Carissian cave? Have you seen uh, the temples? I said, yes, I saw this. I saw everything. It was, it's just wonderful. And then I was talking to him about Greek history and he stopped and he looked at me and he said, who are you? And I said, well, I'm Elliot and I read tarot cards and I have my deck of cards with me. And if you'd like, I'd love to give you a gift of a reading. So I started reading him and then people were coming into his shop and then I was reading them. And then pretty soon, this group of sweet people from Delphi they invited me at night, that night, to go to the temple. They heard I was an oboist. And they said, you have to meet our friend because we're going to go in front of the temple tonight. And we're going to uh, have our friend over who plays the ancient Greek oboe, the aulos. And I said, oh, that is so cool. I'd love to meet him. So I brought my oboe. This guy started playing these beautiful notes and this ancient instrument. It sounded so different from the modern oboe. Mm -hmm. But then I started playing with them. And then we were doing this duet in the night and the moon was out and this crowd was gathering and it was just so beautiful. And he held my hand afterwards and he said uh, something to me in Greek. And um, I don't speak modern Greek. I actually know ancient Greek, but modern Greek is all Greek to me. And Mm -hmm. um, I asked this lady, I said, what is he saying to me? And she said, he says, you've been away for so long, but you're home now. And I said, that is so powerful. And I thought, you know what? All I needed to do was be myself. All I needed to do was say, I read tarot. And this is my gift. And this is what I'm bringing. And suddenly, I had this whole town embracing me. And I just felt like I came home. So when I got back to the States, I said, I am launching my website, I am getting back in my tarot business. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it just felt like I was finally in harmony with the inner self that was nagging me all those years, but that I was trying to repress.
0: Oh, Elliot, I am just in awe of that story. I mean, here you make this pilgrimage to really, in many ways, the home of this kind of yes. work. You have this extraordinary experience, all because I know you were willing I, to show up as you.
1: Yes, I had to take pictures because I wouldn't believe it happened had I not had these pictures taken. Yeah, I mean, it was just so magical. And um, it was one of those pivotal times that I think all of us come to in our life. Um, you know, the Dalai Lama says something really interesting. He says, Sometimes not getting what you want is a marvelous stroke of luck. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is so true because I was thwarted from a path I thought I wanted. I thought I needed that. And it ended up leading me to a path that was more of service and more meaningful. Uh, than anything I could have imagined.
0: Yes, and it's not lost on me either that certainly the tarot was present during that, but so too was the oboe. You know, that the very thing that pulled you away for a while brought you back. And the fact that you were able to marry those two things, what an extraordinary experience.
1: I know, it was just, it was so cool.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. And so it, that's what brings you to where you are today. You came back and you started your website and you have this business yep. now. Oh, thank you for sharing that story with us. That is just such a beautiful, it just puts everything into context.
1: Oh, well, thank you for listening to it. It was a little long, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, I was, okay. captiv- I was
0: captivated. I'm sure our listeners were. Okay. Um, so, you know, we've talked a lot about how you use tarot to support the, the people that you provide readings for, and I'm curious how the tarot, if and how it supports your work and your life.
1: Oh, well, um, tarot and mythic imagery has not only been my passion, uh, but it's been my workhorse tool to get me out of any scrape I find myself in life, and it's always something I can return to. It's given me signposts to spot opportunities, and it's also been my nightlight when I'm facing my darkest shadows and confronting my deepest fears. Um, but it's also, I found it is my vehicle to serve. And I feel blessed that I get to do meaningful work that serves people and empowers them. And no matter what popular culture thinks of tarot or what the lay person on the street thinks about it, uh, it's always been understood by me as a way to shine a light to illuminate pathways through darkness. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's how I support others. That's how I support myself with it.
0: I love that. So really, service is at the core of the work that you do.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You can ask my husband. I can sometimes be very selfish with uh, alone time Mm -hmm. uh, or needing to focus on myself. And I always have this, you know, duality between uh, how much do I serve and then how much do I also give back to myself? But I find that every time I serve, every time I just put my own stuff in the background and make the focus about how can I help you, uh, I find that it not only makes me feel great but it makes me feel like I'm doing something that is uh, not only helping this individual but it's helping me too it's It's really just good karma
0: yes i I, I have very similar experiences when when i'm energetically in a low state, when i 'm struggling. Mm-hmm. easily. There, there's two things that can pull me out of that state pretty quickly. One is gratitude and the other, yes. is, and the other is service. And so when I can show up and serve other people and then express yes. gratitude for what I do have, together, it's like a one-two punch, you know, and it can really pull me energetically out of whatever funk I was in.
1: Absolutely. I feel so similar to you in that. And uh, it's so difficult because sometimes, you know, as, uh, you know, quote unquote, spiritual people, we're oftentimes very sensitive. And it's really easy for us to ruminate or to get stuck in our feelings yeah. or to get sort of entranced by them. And so it is so important that when you're in that place, uh, like you said, the thing that pulls you out is service and gratitude. Know the, know the thing that's going to pull you out and return to that.
0: Absolutely. And, and you're so right that, you know, when we are experiencing emotions we don't want or we're feeling stuck, I mean, we do have to acknowledge them. We don't want to run away yes. from them or try to avoid them. But at the same time, we don't want to allow ourselves to get stuck in them either. And yeah, so absolutely. finding that balance between honoring where we are and, and our current situation, but then making a choice to mm-hmm. engage in a way that's going to pull us out. And I can see too, like for me, Elliot, certainly the readings that I did with you were part of that action step I was taking to pull myself out of feeling stuck. And so Mm. I can see how the tarot can very easily, it it can serve that. It can really help shift your energetic state and just give you a different perspective on on how to view your life.
1: Absolutely. And that's all oracles really do. They don't give you the answer. They Mm. reflect back to you the question. And they put it in a different way. They put it in different terms. Uh, they shift the perspective of the picture. Like a, if you had a picture on a wall, it's like they rotate that abstract art 90 degrees and suddenly you see it in a different way. And the they, uh, onus is on you then uh, to know what it is that you're trying to solve. And it puts you back in touch with that empowered part of yourself, which says... That's what I needed to know. That's that's what I was trying to tell myself. Exactly. I know what to do. Yes. Uh, because you know what to do better than I know what you need to do every time.
0: Well, and it's so funny because as you were saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I do as a coach. It's, wow. it, we're coming from two different perspectives and, and we use yes. different tools. But yeah, I don't tell my clients what to do. My job is to reflect back their statements, maybe wow. ask some questions and reframe so that they can take action that's aligned with their values and they can determine that for themselves. And so it sounds like you and I so you, do very yes. similar
1: work, right? You're an oracle too, then it looks like. I love that. Oh
0: Well, what an honor <laughs> to have that mantle bestowed on me by you. Thank you. Um, so I'm really curious, uh, Elliot. W- this, is, this is a question that I am going to start asking all of my podcast guests. Uh, you're the sure. first. What feeds your soul?
1: Oh God. Uh, so many things. Um, learning. I love reading books. I love, uh, ancient myths. I love anything to do with history. I love to write. I love anything, um, about tarot or drawing or art. I love to teach. Um, I love quiet time. I love going out in nature and seeing green leaves and rivers and natural places. And, um, like I said earlier, I'm prone to ruminating like like a lot of people. And when I remember remember to come up for air and be present and look at just how beautiful sunlight plays off of leaves, I just feel at home, and I feel that is total fuel for my soul. Um, but definitely learning, I'm I just love so many subjects. I feel like there's not enough time to get into all of them. And you'll often see me starting a book, putting that down, starting another one, putting that down. You know, um, but but I just love knowledge.
0: Oh, I'm really resonating with that. And, yes. and I, I feel like there's there's just not enough time sometimes to absorb everything that I want to know. Um, and <laughs> yes. some, someone asked me once what I thought heaven looked like. And I, I said, I think it's just one gigantic library. And I, <laughs> I can find out anything I want to know at any given time. That's what heaven looks like to me. So I, I oh, really, I, that. I can resonate with where you're coming from, my friend. Definitely.
1: Yes, I'm right there with you. Absolutely.
0: And then the trick is once we have all of that knowledge, how can we apply it? And that's really why I started this podcast was because Mm -hmm. I think I love talking about these these theories and and concepts. But if we can't apply them to the work we do and to our lives, then I'm not sure there's really worthwhile benefit to it. And so the application of knowledge too is also something that,
1: that we explore. Absolutely. And I love that you're using words to uh, reach people through the work you're doing. uh, Because like we were seeing earlier, when you can name it, you can claim it. And I really think this podcast is going to have tremendous value. Because again, it's putting concepts out there that give people uh, the ability to understand them, and then apply them to their lives, and then to empower them to uh, be braver to listen to that inner voice, and to be courageous.
0: Well, thank you. And that's also why um, within every podcast episode, I include what I call the make it work moment. So I think this would be a perfect time Mm -hmm. to move into the make it work moment. So the make it work moment is brought to you by my book, Act on Your Business Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. So, you can learn more about Act on Your Business at its website, actonyourbusiness.com, or you can head over to Amazon, search for Act on Your Business or my name, and uh, you'll be able to get it in either paperback or Kindle. So, I hope you all enjoy that book very much. Uh, It was really a labor of love to write it for you, and I can't wait to hear what you all think of it. So, Elliot, um, I have a tradition where I turn the Make It Work moment over to my podcast guest and let them provide the audience with um, a challenge or, or a takeaway, something that they can apply to their work and to their lives. So what do you have in store for us today?
1: Well, I happen to have my tarot cards with me. So Excellent. I think we should let the symbols uh, decide what we're going to talk about today. And so what I'm going to do is just shuffle a few cards and pick a couple and just tell a message to everybody about uh, what the cards would be communicating.
0: Excellent. I love it.
1: Okay, here we go. Oh, wow. We have the Ace of Cups, the Temperance, and the Ace of Wands. Oh my gosh. The Ace of Cups, uh, Aces in the tarot, they always signify new beginnings. And so this is a really important time for us all uh, to take advantage of what's new and to establish something fresh. And the Ace of Cups shows this cup that's just overflowing with water. And the water represents love and emotions. And there's this dove coming out of the uh, heavens on the card, and it's blessing the cup. And this just indicates that it's so important to feed your spirit, to feed your passion, to feed what you love. The angel of temperance that appears on the next image shows two more cups, and the angel is pouring a full cup of water into an empty cup of water. And what this symbolizes is that sometimes we need to stop and take stock of where all the energy has been flowing in our life, what's been sucking up all the oxygen, And we need to replenish that part of ourself that feels empty or feels neglected. So the angel of temperance is all about finding that balance. And if you look closely at the card, the angel is also stepping one foot into a stream and he's got one foot on the dry land. And this is a beautiful symbol because it shows that you need to have one foot in your intuitive realm, in the stream. You need to have one foot in your emotions and your feelings uh, in order to be balanced. But you also have to keep that foot grounded in reality. And uh, it's so appropriate for the work you're doing, uh, because you're taking something that's spiritual, and you're marrying it to something that's also very practical. Mm -hmm. And so this card is telling uh, the listener uh, to take not only uh, information from what their spirit is telling them, but also to take practical action. And then the final card is the Ace of Wands. And magic wands in the fairy tales, uh, create wonderful changes. Uh, but if you've ever seen Cinderella, uh, her, uh, pumpkin becomes a carriage, but the magic spell from the fairy godmother's wand, it has a time limit. It has only till the stroke of midnight to all work, uh, before everything reverts. And so what the ace of wands represents is that it's time to act on your inspiration. It's not time to wait on it. It's time to do this now. Uh, when the magic of inspiration uh, comes to you, be like Cinderella, get in that carriage, make the prince fall in love with you, and have your dream come true. Uh, because this is going to be a time that's magical, and it's also a time uh, to create new conditions in your life.
0: What a powerful message to share with the audience of Work Your Inner Wisdom. This idea that like now is the time, find the yep. balance, find the balance, yep. and, and go forth. Wow. Yes, yes, aces aces all the way
1: oh elliot if we were playing poker it would be really great
0: (laughs) (laughs) elliot it has been such a joy to have you on the podcast i've so enjoyed our conversation i cannot thank you enough for coming on today
1: i am so deeply honored and appreciate this and uh, i want to thank you again for the important work that you're doing
0: thank you And that is a wrap on my interview with Dr. Elliot Adam of ElliotOracle.com. I hope that you enjoyed listening to that interview as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. I just think Elliot is such an extraordinary human being. He is so gifted at the work that he does. And it has really been a privilege to have him on the show and to share him with you. Again, if you'd like to learn more about him, you can check him out on Instagram at Elliot Oracle or head over to Elliot Oracle.com. And that is Elliot with two L's and one T. So definitely go check him out at Elliot Oracle.com. And while you're over at Instagram checking out his profile, be sure to come visit me too. I'm at LC McDonough, and I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. I have a feeling that this interview is going to create a lot of new insights and even questions for some of you. So if that's the case, head on over to the Work Your Inner Wisdom Facebook community. You'll find an episode thread all about uh, today's interview with Elliot. And so that's where I encourage you to come share your thoughts, your insights, your wisdom, and any questions that came up for you. Because the Facebook community is where spiritual entrepreneurs like you are heading to grow their business in a supportive community surrounded by other spiritually minded business owners. So again, head over to Facebook and just search for Work Your Inner Wisdom. You'll find us there. You can find show notes and links to Elliot's website and all of the material we discussed today over at workyourinnerwisdom.com slash 10. That's workyourinnerwisdom.com slash one zero. And let me tell you the show notes over there I mean, show notes doesn't even do it justice. It is such a detailed look at everything that we talked about in today's episode. So special thanks to my writer, Becca Stewart, for helping to make that happen. I also want to give a special shout out to my podcast editor, Derek, who is just so good at what he does and helps make every episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast sound terrific. So Derek, thank you for everything that you've done for the show. I'm so grateful to have you on the team. And of course, I am so grateful for you, the listener of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. It is such a joy to create this for you. And I am so grateful that you take the time out of your week every week to tune in and listen. So thank you for being a part of the Work Your Inner Wisdom community. I cannot tell you how much it means to me, your reviews on iTunes, the emails and messages I get. It is extraordinarily rewarding. And it's really my honor to create this show for you. So thank you so much. I cannot wait to join you next week for another episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. And until then, remember to let your inner wisdom lead the way.